and my friend Brent Slocker. So. Thanks, Karina. <laughs> wow, what a full night already. Oops. Excuse me while I reattach myself. up to something really big in case you haven't figured it out maybe because he is so big that is yeah um, <clears throat> I'm gonna start by telling you a couple stories Whew. Um, last night I was um, actually I'm gonna stop and say Holy Spirit who we give you permission to continue, 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 continue to move in our hearts, continue to breathe your fresh wind from heaven, continue to bring the refreshing rain, continue to bring your truth, Holy Spirit, that sets us free in Jesus' name, amen. So last night I was... Uh, I was at I was in San Jose. There was a, a gathering there from um, a global cell, global let's see Harvest uh, Ed Silvoso and a bunch of other people, and they were sharing uh, a lot of testimonies. But they had some pastors there from other parts of the world that were sharing outrageous uh, miracles of what God's been doing. But I just wanted to share one of them with you because because it's so it's just so cool. It's so God. Um, but it's something I had not heard before. Uh, that should get your interest right there. I've not heard anything like this miracle before. So this was a pastor. Uh, his name's Brian Burton. He's actually a, a British missionary to Thailand. He's a real he's a real big guy. He, he said, "Yeah, I'm probably about two feet taller than most of the people I minister to in in Thailand." He said, "The little little kids run away and call him a giant, you know." And, uh, but he's got a really gentle heart. A really neat guy. So he was sharing all kinds of amazing stories of how they are going out and and just befriending people because this is uh, Thailand is like 99% Buddhist, so uh, not many Christians at all yet. God is quickly changing that, um, but uh, they went out and just started befriending people, finding out what their felt needs were, and beginning to pray for those things. So by going out, th there was a, there was a um, because of a tsunami that it had affected Thailand at one point. Um, this was a, a probably about, I think about two years ago, I believe is the timeline, somewhere around there. Anyway, they went out to minister to this village, uh, a, a small village, but it was a village nonetheless. And they went out to minister to them and they brought all kinds of things to help them, you know, food and clothes and things. And, um, and the people asked him, they said, are you coming back? Um, because nobody ever comes back. And he said, oh, yeah, we'll be here tomorrow. And sure enough, he comes the next day with more things they needed, including tents for them to sleep in and things like that. And uh, they said, why, why did you come back? You know, nobody ever comes back. What, 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 what compelled you? And uh, 
he sa- they began to talk about the love of Christ that compels them. And, and so these people, these, this village heard him, and, and uh, they all, they had a, right then, they just stopped and had a village meeting, and they all decided, yep, Jesus is the one we want to follow. So, so, uh, so the whole village decides together, yep, we want Jesus. So he leads this whole village to, to Jesus. Um, now here's, here's the miracle still coming. I mean, that is the true miracle, obviously, is however many changed lives that was forever, for eternity. Um, but uh, what had happened is, is that is that because of the, uh, the 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 damage that they had incurred, their their boats they were uh, fishermen by trade. They needed the the fish to uh, you know to to make money, and so and their boats were ruined. And they said, uh, Pastor, we need some wood. Um, so he said, Okay, I'll see what I can do. And he began to to um, search all over the place, couldn't find wood. Got on the internet, you know, trying to find any any wood around for them absolutely no wood around but probably because of the the disaster it was just it was just gone it was already all used up he said the closest thing he could find was from australia uh that they could ship it over but it would take like five months and um, that just wasn't doable because they needed it now and um and so uh that's when the village people who were village people hey um i heard some of you laugh (laughs) I didn't start that. Someone else laughed first. <laughs> the people from the village, they said to the, they said to the pastor, Pastor, um, you said something about if we ask anything in Jesus' name, he'll do it. And he said, oh, yeah, that is what I said. <laughs> um, all right, then. So... They all got together. They agreed together. They said, Father, we need wood for, for these boats, you know, and they began to boldly proclaim that, that uh, from the abundance, from the overflow, that God would do what was not there and in the, in, uh, what wasn't present for them. So they went to bed that night. The pastor actually stayed there in that village, and he said about 3 in the morning, he starts hearing these, you know, excited voices, and they're getting more and more. It's, it's women's voices because actually in this in this village, the women got up first to, to cook for the guys that would go out all day and work. And so the women the, were the first ones up. They're always the first ones to see what the Lord's doing, isn't it? <laughs> you know, the first one to the tomb. Come on. So they said, they're, they're you know, yelling in, Pastor, you've got to come out here. It's like, okay, what, what? And it comes out. And he said, there was piles of wood all through their village. And... And the ladies were saying, it, it must have rained from the sky, you know. Um, or, and, and the pastor, he, you know, he went on to s- say how, again, it was impossible. He said, even if a big truck had come with all this massive amounts of wood, we would clearly have heard it. You know, they were only in tents. It's not, that's not how it got there. And, um, and, but it gets even better because... Because the pastor, he, he, he's back in his tent again. He's like, wow, you know, he's going to get a few more hours sleep. That was amazing. It was 3 in the morning after all. And, uh, but then the guys start getting up, and they say, pastor, you've got to get out here and see what happened. He goes, yeah, I know, the wood, the wood. He goes, no, come see. And he comes out there, and, and they begin to show him how all the wood was already fashioned in the right lengths for what they needed for the boat. Come on. 
Come on. See, that's, that's our Papa. That's our God. Impossible, right? That's the point. He does the impossible. Let me, let me tell you another story. He, he had several great stories. That's the only one of his I'm going to tell. But the next one, this one, well, if the last one didn't blow you away, I, I hope this one will. Um, all right. First of all, I don't know how many of you are aware that uh, a couple weeks ago, about 10 days ago or so in, in um, Brazil, there was a major, major flooding and, and landslides, and a lot of people got uh, killed in it. Um, 600 or so got, got killed. Let me see if this is... Oh, let me turn this on. I'm going to give you a, a uh, picture. There we go. This is, this is the best I could do because the pixels are really small and I couldn't do it differently, so I had to do it, these four pictures. But... So you see uh, upper, upper left-hand corner, just, you know, the flooding and, and all the, the landslides that came. The right, upper right-hand corner, that's actually a foot of somebody that had died. It's just under rubble. Um, those are just coffins lined up everywhere. Um, and then let me just show you one more picture. This, is, this was on a website with, um, in the background. Behind that picture, you can see a bunch of other pictures. It was just all kinds of pictures of the devastation, including some of the ones I just showed you. And then this picture was part of it, um, these five people who were on the road dead, um, they had, all they could do was cover them and just leave them there, and they, they were there for, um, for three days. Um, now, let me, let me begin to tell you the story. Um, this, um, I, I got this email, actually, from, um, from Michael Brodeur. Um, I, I understand they already shared this testimony up at Reading the last couple of days. But, um, okay. There was a missionary team, a medical missionary team, who uh, about 10 of them who were leaving to go to Brazil, and they actually got there the day after this, this flood. Um, that was not intentional. It just happened to be the way that the timing worked out. Um, and of, of those people, um, all except one, uh, one of them was really open to a lot of the things we would be open to, meaning going there and asking God to do the supernatural, expecting God to heal, things like that. But the other nine, they were Christians, but that really wasn't their world. Does that make sense? Not, not putting anybody down. I'm just trying to, just not on their grid. Yeah, I'm just trying to explain the story. So, um, so this person uh, writes, uh, my girlfriend from San Francisco is a nurse, and she is leading a missions team of doctors and nurses to Brazil. So this person is telling the story. She knows one of those 10 people. Is that making sense? They left on January 13th, 2011, and they are still there until the 28th. On the 12th, there had been a massive flooding in Brazil, and over 600 people died. They were not going for this reason, but the timing of their trip just happened to coincide. None of the team except my friend had ever experienced the power of the Holy Spirit or miracles, for that matter. Um, she had asked us to pray for her while we were there, so we did, and we still are. I had sent her a small email on the 13th with a small word, uh, encouraging word, and she mentioned how blessed the team was by it. So the next night, I sent her another email. But she told me that when she read the email to her team in the chapel on Saturday the 15th in the morning, one by one, the team members fell under the power of God. You have to understand, that's not on their grid. They don't probably even didn't even know what that was. Um, 
they laid there not being able to move for over an hour while someone reread my email over them over and over and over. Just after that, we sent a Facebook note about a healing of a man that we had just prayed for, and his leg grew out half an inch, which is really cool. But they got, so they sent him this, this uh, you know, testimony. And um, although we're still trying to figure out the timing, my friend said that, that his, that Facebook note released so much faith to them that when the Holy Spirit told them, go to the morgue now, they immediately obeyed. What happened in the morgue and on the street near the morgue is almost incomprehensible and hard to imagine. But I talked to my friend on Sunday morning and got the incredible play-by-play details. After chapel on Saturday morning, when they fell under the power, the team went out into the streets and the morgue, and they raised 16 people who had died in the floods three days earlier from the dead. I've attached the local newspaper article from the area in Brazil where this happened. The article was published Sunday, the next day, January 16th. So here it is, from Calame Teresopolis, 16 Dead Bodies Confirmed, Resurrected from the Dead, is the title of the, of the newspaper article. And here's how the article reads. Uh, people of the, obviously this was in Portuguese and it was translated into English just to state the obvious. People of the barrio of Calame had, has witnessed Saturday five dead bodies raised from the dead in the street. Another 10 bodies from the morgue have been raised to life. One woman who drowned was dead, uh, was also raised back to life. The people in Calame reported that five American men went near the five bodies and yelled, rise and live in the name of Jesus. Those bodies right there. She... She attached a photo later that showed how it was the exact same, the exact same bodies. Um, let me keep going, though. The dead bodies started to shake, and they stood up and walked and are alive. At the nearby morgue, there were 10 dead bodies in the hallway. People said that five foreign women, that would be us, <laughs> American, uh, went near the bodies and said, Rise and live in the name of Jesus. The dead bodies shook and stood up, shaking and walking, and were alive. People were screaming, yelling, riot at the barrio of Calame. These five dead bodies in the street of Calame have been dead since Wednesday, January 12th. The ten dead bodies in the morgue have been left in the hallway since Wednesday. People have talked to the dead risen. They were still weak, but able to uh, talk and said, I was in a dark place, many people crying, shouting. Was I asleep? Now I am alive. I know I was dead. I was in a dark, ugly place. I do not know what happened, but I am back to life. God is alive. The families of these dead are celebrating and, and happy. There has been hope in Calame since Saturday. Now, that was the article of the newspaper um, from Brazil. 
And then uh, now, now we're going to read about the, the people telling their own story, you know, those who were there. Um, she says, um, let's see. Well, I'll just, I'll just keep going. She shows this picture here, and she says, um, these were the, uh, these, the below is a picture of the five bodies that died in the floods on January 12, 2011. It was taken on the day they had died. This picture was taken three days before they were raised back to life on January 15, 2011. My friend told me those bodies were lined up along the side of the road and left there for three days until when on January 15th, five men from the medical missions team came upon them and not knowing exactly how to raise the dead. <laughs> remember I told you this was not on their grid. Holy Spirit just did it. It was all supernatural. He sent them. So not knowing exactly how to raise the dead, the team decided to just stand there and worship the Lord over the bodies. And in parentheses, this is what my friend told me, but the news articles say differently. So this was, was a you know, discrepancy in the story. I personally don't care which it was. You know, Worship, get up from the dead, either one works for me. Um, as they worshiped, the bodies began to shake and tremble and began to sit up and stand. Instantly, the people all around began to shout and scream. And within a few seconds, there was chaos and a mob of people. This picture matches exactly to the, to the top picture. She says it's the same, the same uh, bodies. Um, and she talks about the other. There's another picture where, where it showed um, the leftover pile. I don't have this picture. I couldn't get it up there. But a leftover pile of dirty blankets that were used to cover the dead people in the morgue, the ten dead people who were waiting to be buried, but then raised from the dead instead. These bodies all had been dead for three days as well due to drowning in the floods. Um, the other five members of the medical mission team had entered the morgue, the, so these are the women, under the Holy Spirit's leading. He had given them the number 16, but they were not sure what that meant. There you go. <laughs> they stood to the back of the room amongst the family members who were grieving and mourning their losses, and the five ladies from the missions team linked hands. As they did, they began to shake under the power of God. Now listen to this. They felt the Holy Spirit give them the words to say, and all together they shouted, they shouted it, rise up and live in the name of Jesus. The leader told me that their voices were not their own, and that somewhere in our bellies came a thundering voice in one accord as if it had been shouted through a megaphone. Ooh, I'd like to be there. We have the same spirit living in us. They waited, and within five seconds, one body began to shake as if someone had been stomping on them. And then one by one, all of the bodies were shaking. Each body then began to slowly sit up and then stand. The grieving family members began to shout and scream wildly, and in an instant, there was chaos in the room. The interpreter quickly ushered the team out of the building for their safety. They met up with the other team members that had been walking the streets and had just, uh, had just raised the other five to life. That team had also come across a dead body, which had been more of a recent death, and they decided to try CPR. Just as they were going to do CPR, the Holy Spirit told the team leader, do not do CPR. Command the body to rise and live. So they did, and that body began to shake and sit up. That person was also raised from the dead. 
So the team had raised up a total of 16 people from the dead on January 15, 2011, the same number that the Holy Spirit had given them earlier that day. Come on. Ooh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. These are the days we are living in right now. This is that that was prophesied. This is the thing that people have been crying out for for years and years and years, decades, centuries. This is that. And even in this story, isn't it fascinating? Um, one thing you get from this story is God can use whoever he wants, whenever he wants, for whatever purposes he chooses. Because it would be really easy to get offended at this story. It would. If you have been one who God has been putting it on your heart, and I know there are many of you in this room, I, I know that there are many of you in this room who have believed God for the miracle of seeing the dead raised to life, and many of you have prayed such prayers over people who have died. And you haven't seen it yet. And then God chooses nine out of ten people who don't even know about it, who don't even believe it. And then in that same day, they are inspired, I would say, taken over by the Holy Spirit to say, go do this. Now, is that okay with you all? That, that, that God did it that way? It better be okay. But, but the point is, is that um, Suzanne mentioned this to me earlier, just a brilliant point about, about the, the people who get paid at the end of the day, the, the parable of the, of the wages. How come the one at the end of the day that worked an hour gets the same pay as those who worked all day long? And we always thought that was about salvation. Could it be that it's about more than just who gets saved and who gets to go to heaven? Could it be that all the treasures that are ours, he says, at any time I want, I can unveil it i can release it through anyone i want whether they've known me for a day or their whole life is irrelevant because god is god and this is one way that he gets the glory right because otherwise if it's a if it's if it's something where we've figured it out we got the model we got it down you do this and this and this and this and then god's going to move like that well now now we got plenty to boast about don't we but it doesn't work that way uh, but I will tell you this, don't be discouraged that you've been praying for the dead and haven't seen it yet. Be encouraged by this, that these, this is that time. 